Bokar Tov. Yesterday we discussed the acquisition of Me'arat HaMachpelah and all of the interesting, the intrigue that went on in the, those negotiations that the text highlights but that most people don't catch. <laughs> you know, you have to really, if, if, you, if you, I mean we understand it very well because it's part of our culture. Yes. We, we identify almost yes. more with the Efron side yes. because that's the way we, we behave more like them yes. than we do like Avram. Avram was more like... Like no taught off, no, yeah. no. get to the point. I, I, he, he cut through all of the flowery, you know. Straightforward. Yeah, exactly. No balloons. <laughs> and then the psukim afterwards, which you didn't study, basically, basically state pretty emphatically that the Me'arat HaMachpelah went into the possession of Abraham. And then Abraham buried his wife in Me'arat HaMachpelah. And that property became his. So the psukim are very clear, obviously, because... Sukim don't want people to say, oh, Abraham didn't buy it, this, that. It, was, it really belonged to Ephron. He never purchased it. It was, a, it was a favor. It wasn't an acquisition. So the Torah makes it very clear. Very now, now we have the following story. is the story of Abraham trying to find a wife for Yitzchak. Mm-hmm. Why is Abraham looking for a wife for Yitzchak now? To fill up the shoes of the mother. Ah, so that was the second answer, which I didn't think you would say. Uh, well, well, first of all, the first reason sure is that, that when, when Abraham sees that Sarah is dead, when Sarah dies, Abraham and Sarah were close in age. I mean, especially for, for those times, they're 10 years apart. So if, if Sarah is dead, that means Abraham, he starts to think about his own mortality. Mm-hmm. Right? He does pass away in this and, show, and if Abraham... And, and what do we say is the whole thrust of the ideas in the previous parasha... Uh, relating to how he behaved with Yitzchak The idea that we said is that Abraham is not supposed to see Yitzchak As his own personal property That he just uses for his own personal glory In fact he has to see Yitzchak As someone that he has to be educated In the way of Hashem And he orients himself in the way of God To educate Yitzchak in the way of God Now if Abraham is thinking That my life is now Coming to its final stage And Yitzchak is to be educated I can't just let him do whatever he wants Then the most important thing is He wants to take part in the choice of a wife for Yitzchak yes. Because he knows In his own life I mean think about what happened to him with Abraham, Sarah Why did if he we, get married? Abraham? We don't know Because we, uh, we We just know that when he was in Ur-Kasdim He had taken Sarah as a wife That's it Yeah but we don't know I, I don't think we know what it is. Later on he took also another woman? That's at the very end of our parasha they says Agar again. Keturah, right? Yeah, yeah the, the Keturah. I don't. I, we have to explore why they say it's Hagar. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So he looks so, at what happened to him. So I, I even lost my train of thought. What, what was I saying? He looked what happened to him. Right, so and, and, and what? And, and remember, remember, son? if we were up to Abraham, who would have been the the son that's ta- that doing that's the covenant it's, 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 son? It's, 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 Ishmael. Yeah. So he knows very clearly the value of Sarah, of the wife, in the proper raising of the children and of the education of the person. So he has to make sure and that there is a Sarah for him. There's a void. There's he has a to make sure that there is a Sarah for Yitzchak as well. And, and if you remember, one of the things that Hashem kind of rebuked Abraham for was, listen to, to your Sarah, wife. your wife, because it is through Yitzchak who you'll have descendants. So Abraham is thinking of his own mortality and he realizes that Sarah has passed away. And the first thing that crosses his mind is I need to make sure that this boy Yitzchak is going to have a proper wife. It's the most important thing as I personally experienced. And then the second thing is that Yitzchak probably had a very close relationship with his mother. Mm -hmm. Because while Abraham had Ishmael, 
Sarah only had Yitzchak. Yes. So you can imagine that Avraham's focus was maybe split between a few people, between Hagar, Ishmael, but Sarah, her sole focus was Yitzchak. On, on so you can imagine that the relationship between Yitzchak and Sarah was probably very intense. Yes. And then we'll see that at the end, whenever we see that, that Yitzchak, it said, the Pasuk says that Yitzchak was relieved over the death of, death of his mother. So there's a clear, well, there's a clear relationship. That she, died, that she died of news of her. Right, right. But, but there's a clear, the, the Rivka is clearly going to fill the void of Sarah. Yes. And that's and why, that, that's why the story of Avraham finding a wife for Yitzhak happens immediately after the death of Sarah and, and it's, it's purposely placed there. You know, there, there's a reason that the text does a even, very good job even, of lining even up the stories. You know, even nowadays when, God forbid, there is a loss of a mother in a household, that boy needs to replace the mother with the wife as mm. soon as possible. That's an interesting dynamic. I would, I would be curious to see if you could do more research on that idea. See if there are psychologists that void, about it. that void creates a very, yeah. very big problem on that person. Yeah. On that yeah. That's very, interesting. Very Shalom Nida. So that's why I guess the Pasuk will start with Avraham Zakin, Baba Yamin. Yeah, Badai, of course. Now we read the Psukim <laughs> with this context and you'll see what, what the, the details in the Psukim that most people skip over. Avraham Zakin, Baba Yamin. Avraham was, was old. He, was, uh, he had come in, in days. And God had blessed Avraham with everything. Mm -hmm. By the way, what does the Midrash say Bakol is? What does Rashi say? Uh, it's a famous Bakol, Rashi. Bakol, yes, with everything. God had given Abraham everything. Riches, Bakol, possessions, Bakol, honor, Bakol, longevity, yeah, 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 and children. The one thing he lacked was to see, no, it's the Midrash to see says his it's son, son have children to inherit his status and honor. Right, so the idea is Abraham, that God blessed Abraham Bakol. And now Abraham wants to see that Yitzhak will have the same potential for Berakha. And Abraham speaks to his servant, the eldest of his household, who was in charge of everything in his house. And he says, please put your hand under my thigh. <coughs> who is this person? Eliezer. So why do you say it's Eliezer? What did the Pasuk tell us it's Eliezer? No. But because Eliezer was with him from the beginning. But he how, was, how do you know? You never know. You never know. It doesn't mention. It's like, even when yeah, he went up to it. How do you know Eliezer? Even when he went to so sacrifice his son, he said he took Rikach of it, 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 Arab. Yeah. Yeah. That, that time is not Arab. That it, probably it, wasn't Eliezer. Because uh, Eliezer would not. Eliezer and Ishmael. In, in here, Eliezer, she says that it was Eliezer and Ishmael. But it doesn't say. Wait, wait, wait. I'll explain to you what's going on here. Eliezer, first of all, would probably not be referred to as a Na'ar. Now, what's the reason that we just assume this servant here is Eliezer. It's because when Avraham, after the war of the kings, he goes to Hashem and he says, Hashem, I don't have any descendants. If it seems like the only person who can inherit me is the Damascian Eliezer, who is the leader who is in charge of my household. That is the only reference we have to Eliezer in the entire Torah. When Abraham complains to Hashem and says, I only have one person in my household who can inherit me, and that is Eliezer. That makes us assume that Eliezer was some kind of servant who was like the, the, the chief it's servant a, in his household. Give him a task so now, to find a daughter for your son. It's a wait, so now, so now, so now, this Pasuk, when it tells us, Abdo Zikan Beto, his highest servant, who are we going to assume? It's, it's that guy who he, he assumed would inherit him yes, in the previous yes, yes, pasuk. Because he gave him such a high, high, high exactly. degree because of... Because he hated uh, last time when Abraham described Eliezer, he gave him a, a very good title. So we assume this is Eliezer. Now why would the pasuk, why would the text hide his identity from us then? That's interesting. 
That is a very interesting question because, as you'll see, I mean, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but it's, it's going to say Abdul, it, it Abdul, Abdul. But it he will never. To, he had a daughter say, that he wanted to that's marry. Midrash. I, I personally, I, I take that Midrash with a grain of salt. After when he meets Rivka at all? Nothing, zero. We don't hear. So like, how does how how the text refers to him? The Abdul, uh, yeah. Eved Abraham, ah, the servant of Abraham. There's not one. There's not one indication. Maybe just not to take is it away. crazy that <laughs> we can read this all our life? And we assume Elizabeth, we yeah, still yeah, don't yeah. see the, the name Elizabeth. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, I had a, I had a, <laughs> How the, from childhood they tell you to yeah, Eliezer, yeah, of course, and that's of it. It's you just assume. You <laughs> have to actually read the psukim. That's that's the lesson you learn. You have that's to read tough. the psukim. And so now, um, so I had a teacher in YU. He was a like uh, if, if you think I, I I like to focus on the text and not get carried away with things. He was, he was very very academic, and he said, when I teach my kids Torah, I don't tell them Meruz Eliezer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like I, I say, sure. I, I tell them it's ever around. You know, if they want to, if they want to make the connection themselves, let, the, let them see, let them learn the text on their own and see if they have they come to that same conclusion. But uh, but 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 I personally do think it's Eliezer, and, and I think there's a reason why the text is hiding his identity, and why is that? Because it's trying to show the greatness of Eliezer that he completely put his own personal agenda aside. Eliezer was such a good servant to Abraham that whenever he was doing this process. It was as if he was literally just Abraham's arm. It was, it was, he was, he was, he was, he was completely, on a mission and he's he was on a mission and he was completely devoted to the task and his personal agenda and his personal feelings and nothing was going to get in the way. I guess the ultimate, ultimate, he, he ultimate nullified server, himself. He nullified serving, him, exactly, the ultimate servant to Abraham. He nullified himself to the service of Abraham. And we will see probably because he also has a certain level of emunah, which he's developed. Imagine you're being with Abraham your whole you life. You can learn from Eliezer how of... to be servant to Hashem yeah, too. Maybe. maybe. You know, it's interesting because the, uh, one of the other times that we see, Vaimino Badunai Moshe Avdo, Avdo, very, when it talks about servant, this, this shouldn't be taken lightly. Avdo, it's, it's somebody who's really... The idea of the Evid. The Evid, and he keeps on... Keeps on talking, mentioning Evid, Avdo, Avdo, Avdo. So, Evid. so what is it? Uh, now, now we're just opening up a Pandora's box, but what is an Evid? <laughs> <laughs> okay, slave or servant. In, in Evid, no. here, no, here's what I think in Evid is. Remember, we were saying, I, I said this this recently, so they made it into one of those uh, daily dose videos. But remember, we said what Avraham's, the greatness of Avraham was? That he realized that he his passion for, for God and his love of God was so great that he said, even if it's bad for me, oh. I want God's name to be great. So I will do things that are even bad for me so long as they glorify God. That's the highest level. That's like saying, that's like saying I, I, I uh, will serve God even if it means I will have a lot of trouble with my parnasah. I, I will still do it because I love it. Meaning, meaning you have two options. One is to, to live a comfortable life financially and one is to live with God. And you choose I will live with God knowing that it will be bad for me financially. You know, that would be like the level of Abraham in a modern day sense. Right? So, and I think, in a way, that's what a servant is. A servant is a person who could nullify his own will because he sees the will of his master as more important. That's an event. That's the idea of a servant. Mm. You, the will of your master is more important than your own will. So I don't care if I don't get my way. I'm, no, I'm nobody. I want Hashem to have his way. If it means my life is terrible, I'll still be happy because Hashem is having... That, that level is, is, you know, it's... Uh, it's, it's a very high level. I very, think, I think very difficult level. Maybe the reason Eliezer's name is not said is to show that he achieved that in relation to Abraham. You know, okay, now let's do the psukim. So Abraham says, put your hand under my thigh. This was, he probably made him hold on to the Brit Milah. Mm -hmm. Rashi says that the Brit Milah was like the, yes. you know, you know, like today when they make somebody make an oath, they make him hold a Bible. 
you know, so what was holy back then? What was a holy item? Brit milah. There was no Torah. Yes. Okay. So, so he makes him hold, makes him hold his brit milah. And I'll make you swear in in the name of Adonai Elohei Hashemayim, the God of the heavens, Elohei Haaretz, that you will not take a wife for my son from the Canaanite people that I dwell amongst. That's why they say you have to marry Mashadi. <laughs> Also, and to my land and to my birthplace, you should go and you should take a wife for Yitzhak, for my son there. Okay, why, why does Abraham not want a wife from Kinaan? Because he knows that those, those, he knows how they are. He knows that they're corrupt. So this goes to show, perhaps... Keeps on going back to the family, to the family. We, we learned that... I mean, because because oh, even the family was corrupted. does he say family? This is very key. No, is he, like, pause, pause for a second. Pause for a second. From the home. What does the pastor say? No, from the wait, home. Wait, 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 wait. He doesn't... Listen, listen, listen. Read very close, because this is going to be very important. Later on in the story, mm. what does Abraham tell, Yitzhak, uh, the, tell uh, the, uh, the servant? We're going to take a wife. Pasuk Dalet. Ki el arzi, bel molati telech. We don't really know... Does he say, go back to my family? No. Go no. back to my household? No. No, no, no. Very important to know. Why does he assume that his, 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 where he's from is better? Because... Why does he assume that where he's... So that's what I'm thinking. You know, it's a difficult... Way. So then I ask, why, why... If he's not telling him specifically to go back to his family's household, then, then what is it about Haran which produces better people than Kinaan? So here's a, a, a different answer which may answer the question that I heard. Um... Perhaps his goal wasn't to find someone better, but his goal was to find someone that he could detach from their family. Because if he would have found a Canaanite woman, let's say, from down the block, then Shabbat, you have to do two vadeh, right? One vadeh at the house of Abraham, and the other vadeh you have to do at the house of the in-laws. But let's say, you take, let's say you take the woman from Haran, and you pull her away from her family, then she's only devoted she to becomes you. yours. So you can really, really make sure she's given the proper education. So perhaps the idea wasn't that the people wow. of Haran were better, yeah. but that the people of Haran, but by taking from Haran, he would enable, he would be, allow, he would be able to separate her from whatever values she had. The only problem with that though, is that he still says, go back to my oh, birthplace. So if, if that's the case, go to Mitzrayim and take a woman. Or go, go to, I don't know, go to Ur Kasim. Why Haran? So there's still, it could be that Haran had better people because Haran produces Terach. And we know that there's a theory that Terach was also a good person. So also, it could be that Avraham just knew, Canaanite people are corrupt. They've, they've stolen my wife two times. The people of Sodom got destroyed. And in, in Haran, they produced my family. Our family is good. There were other families we know. There were which are easier, are probably better. easier to, 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 to make them uh, maybe it's fearing, easy. More, maybe, uh, yeah. maybe the people in Haran all had a, a certain level of development that was superior to Kena'an, where it was easier to turn them but into But you know, for example, if somebody tells us, you know, guys, you Persians, you always marry among yourself, you're Persian, but we know that even within Persians, we don't. You know what you get. Married. We are more specific about which Persian. So maybe Haran was more of a specific uh, quality Oh, trait. like we say Mashadi, go to Mashadi and yeah. get a wife. Like, some, go, and, go, go to Haran and have an outsider. It's like, hey, I hear that you Persians always marry with also. each other. <laughs> but somebody that is a Persian will understand that it's not true because we know that it's the Iranian, The same food. This, that, so the same that. food they cook. So what's your point? So my point, point is that maybe Haran, maybe from an outsider, the guy from 
a guy that looks at us, we are looking at Urkastim, Haran, and, and the other towns. For us, we do, ah, what, what could be the difference, you know? But in reality, when you're in it, you know a lot of the difference, and you know with the quality. The same language, uh, uh, same okay, food. so basically you're saying Abraham knows something we don't. Yeah. yeah, which I agree. There's something we don't know yes. about the people of Haran. Yeah. Listen, they say because he is married. That. He yeah, is yeah, yeah. That. Vada, vada, you want the, your wife to give you the same food that your mother gives you? You want your wife to give to talk the same language that your mother? We'll see later on. Is okay. Also. Oh, that's another point. Was Sarah from? <laughs> I mean, Sarah was probably from Urkasdim. That's where they started. Okay. But Sarah was also a relative. She yes, was, a, she she was, was from the family. So it doesn't matter. Sister. My sister. She was, a sister. she was some kind of uh, niece, sister. <laughs> no, they say Iska yes, was Sarah, yes, so yes. it could be his niece. But yes, if you don't yes. say Iska was Sarah, then it could be his stepsister or his... I don't know. Okay. So after being commanded to take to go back to the household, to the, not to the household, to the, to the land of Haran, the servant, who remains unnamed, says... Uh, Let's say the woman does not want to come back with yes. me to Canaan. Should I return your son Yitzchak to the land that you had left? Be very careful lest you send my son there. Because for Abraham, that's a big norm. For, for Yitzchak to not be under the, the oversight of Abraham, very scary. What do you mean? Yitzchak is supposed to be educated in the way of God and I'm going to have him go and do his own thing? No way. Adonai, by the way, now so I here, just thought of this right now, that may have been some of the, the gadlut of, of Yaakov. Yes. Yaakov leaves the household. I just realized this right now. You know how dangerous it was for Yaakov to leave the household? Once you get comfortable He le- leaves Yitzchak and Rivka yes. and he r- goes alone to own. a foreign land yes. where the values keep, are different. And you, keep, and you have to and keep all the values. And he has 21 years well, to Yosef, potentially Yosef, lose Yosef, his values. Also Yosef. Also Yosef, same thing. Same thing. Wow. Yeah. Is, Yosef is even this worse. Is an insight, this is an insight I That's never really realized. They're young. They're young. And of course they're young. They're unmarried. And you're wow, wow, wow. This is a big chidush. This is a big, very big chidush. Abraham did not want Yitzhak to go because of that danger. Yes. And that shows you the gadlut of Yaakov, maybe even Yosef, that they were able to, to maintain values even in a foreign land. Okay. God, the God of the heavens, who took me from the house of my house of my father and from the land of where I was born, and who spoke to me and he promised me, saying that I will give your descendants this land, he will send his angel before you and you will get take a wife for my son from there. So the language that Abraham uses is beautiful because you start to realize that Abraham, the way he perceives the world is that is he has a very keen appreciation for the fact that God is running the show. This is the one thing that Abraham clearly learned throughout his life is that God is moving pieces and he's constantly arranging things and we may not understand what's going on but God always has his plan and then and Abraham he, he says, Guarantees. you know, it, does, it, does this mean that God will send his angel as like a white creature with, with, with wings go, and he will, will take Eliezer by the hand? And, no. no, but Abraham, his greatness is that he saw God, he saw an angel behind even the non-miraculous yes. things that were occurring in life, you know? And God will make you successful. He could have said that. He said, God will send an angel and the angel will guide you. That means that he sees success even very very mundane success as something that's, that's generated godly. by, that's godly. Which is true. Which is great. Now there's an interesting thing, there's a, there's a very deep discussion it's I wanna, want to introduce you to about the, the nature of God's oversight into people. 
And and there's a big question. Does God, let's say, like... Um, question of free will or not. No, no, I'll, we'll focus more on the, the question of hashkacha. Let's say there's a blade of grass. Does God watch every single blade yes. of grass as it's growing? So there's opinions that say that. There are opinions that say that there's God set in, set in nature, some certain, you know, like some certain laws, and then... You know, there's no there's no real oversight over blades of grass. There's there's that discussion. I, I personally think is there's oversight over everything. But there is a very interesting Moreh uh, Nebuchim, uh, Rambam. He talks about the nature of Hashgacha. And and I don't want to butcher it, but he says something along the lines of the following. He the says, of what? Oversight. Divine, divine, divine oversight okay, okay. Over, over things. And he says, how does an individual earn oversight from God? Meaning, does God care about me in my personal life? Yes. Does God care about every single person? Yes. Full submission. So, yes. so, so, being yes. that so what Abraham, yes. what, what, really, what Rambam really says, what Rambam said, so the question is, are we like a piece of grass? Yes. Yes. You know? so, so what Rambam says, he says something very interesting. And again, I'm paraphrasing. I may even be getting details wrong. But the gist just, just of the idea the is idea. that when a person makes himself a, a, an important person in the processes of God, then the oversight becomes much stronger. So if I become like a Joe Shmo, I just want to do whatever I want to do, I never study, I never do this, I never do mitzvot, I never do that, then God, you know what God says? He says, let nature take, run its course with this guy. If the guy is supposed to get stuck in, in the middle of a, rain, of a hurricane, he'll get stuck in a, you know, but, but I, I, don't, I don't care. But let's say the person devotes his life to the service of God and to pushing and for, and for enlarging the mission of God, then what happens? And all of a sudden, that, that guy becomes instrumental in the will of God, yes. and the oversight over every detail of the person's Amazing. life becomes much more intense. Amazing. I, I think so, so, wait, so what, is, what is it with Abraham? Abraham, he is devoting his entire life to Hashem. And his descendants are going to be the, the key descendants of the whole process of what yes, Borei Olam wants to do in the world. And of course, every single detail is going to be very carefully guided by Borei Olam, and Hashem realizes that. That even choosing the wife for my son Yitzhak, that's, that's going to be that. Abraham realized. Of course, he realizes that. And even the no, choosing Hashem of the wife. Well, of course, uh, that Hashem is saying Abraham is key to this whole story. I need to watch every single detail. Mm -hmm. And Abraham, he has already learned throughout his life that God is keeping a very close watch on him. And he says, even, the, even the success in finding a wife, that's being done by an angel. That's being done by, in, by the divine that, hand. He's, he's confident that that's so it's a beautiful be. thing to, to, to realize. Okay. And we had a, a grass, one grass. Pasuk <laughs> Now if, so you go, you, t you, you go try to find a wife and then God will be with you. And if the woman says no, if she does not want to come with you, and you'll be absolved from the promise you're making right now. Just do not take my son there. Do not, do not send my son there. And, and the servant put his hand, again, the servant, the unnamed servant, puts his hand under the, the thigh of Abraham, and he swears to him about this matter. It's, it's interesting here, because he said, the he was way so Abraham confident that he was going, the way Abraham is speaking is, is as if, he doesn't know that he'll be alive by the time he gets back. So, so even if don't ever don't let my son go there. Ah, I mean, he wants to be with his son in his last days. Or, or he's saying like, let's say if I pass, and then you could change your mind, say, yeah, okay, you know point. what? Let's let me take him over very there afterwards. Very oh, oh, never, never. No matter what happens, also, also you don't can imagine, send my son over there. You can imagine, like, let's say, he fails. He doesn't find a wife. 
So then we would say, like, what is he going to do? He's not going to get married. You know, he's going to... And what is Abraham thinking to himself? I was 100 years old, and, and, and uh, I was 99 years old, and Sarah was not even, did not even have the way of women. Yeah. And then she gave birth. Uh, God will figure out a way. I think I, Abraham was very confident that the, that the, now, that, uh, the servant was come back he, with Here's the, one with more thing to think about. We, we finished the Aliyah, so that's, we'll, we'll stop the Tsukim. But here's one more thing to think about, and I'm sorry we're doing so much outside today, but there are a lot of Beautiful. interesting ideas. Did you notice that, that Borei Olam promised Abraham that through Yitzchak he will have seed? And Abraham, he is still really pushing hard yeah. to find a wife. He's not relying on, oh, God anyway said so. So it's an interesting thing about the way Abraham, he sees these blessings. This is duty. He's, he doesn't see blessings from God as, as a means of absolving himself from any action. I get the blessing from Hashem. And I now have to work and achieve. You have to do the work. And, and, and more than that, more than that, he could have said, God promised me a big nation through Yitzhak. I'm just going to take the easy route and find him a wife from here, you know, from Canaan. But he says, no. I, I, I know that God gave me the Baracha, but I also have my reason tells me that I want to find a good wife for Yitzhak. You know? So it seems like Abraham, though he knows that these Barachot are going to come true and he has a very keen awareness of God's hand and everything that's going on, he's also not... He doesn't become complacent. He's not becoming complacent and just letting God do. He says, no, I have to be mature and I have to do what's sensible and find a good wife for my son Yitzchak, even though it's already promised to me. So he makes the Ebed Avram swear, he makes his servant swear to him to find him a good wife. You know, it's like he's nervous. He wants to make sure it happens. So it's a very interesting dynamic. Maybe, maybe that's the way we should, we should deal with Baracha in our own lives, you know. We, we, shouldn't, we, we don't take bracha for granted. We have to work hard towards achieving bracha. Even if Borei Olam wants to give us bracha, that doesn't mean we're absolved from any hard work. You know, and being mature and putting our, our effort. And I think Abraham wisdom, is up with Hashem gives us the wisdom that, you know, that we shall do things. Yeah, but I, we, that's a good tefillah, by the way. Pray to God for wisdom. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen. Amen.